This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, June 18th, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. A mixed decision in the federal free speech case of SpeechNow.org, a group of individuals who just want to spend money to speak freely. It's a major application of what the Supreme Court laid down in Citizens United. Steve Simpson is a senior attorney at the Institute for Justice representing SpeechNow. He provides an update on the case and offers his thoughts on the Citizens United end run, now moving through Congress, the Disclose Act. Well, in uh, SpeechNow, we won a mixed decision in the D.C. Circuit uh, in March. And basically what the court held was that our clients who are and a group of citizens who want to speak out about um, candidates during elections could raise money outside of contribution limits. That, the, that is, their, their funding wouldn't be limited, but they'd still be required to form a particular type of regulated entity called a political committee. So we lost on that. We challenged that as an onerous burden on their speech, but we won on the fundraising side. So we are uh, we have a split decision, and right now our clients are deciding whether or not to file an appeal to the United States Supreme Court, uh, arguing that requiring them to speak through a regulated entity called a PAC or a political committee is an enormous burden on their speech and should be struck down. Now, just to be clear, this is the same type of burden that the U.S. Supreme Court found in Citizens United was too burdensome for corporations like General Motors. Precisely the same. And one of the arguments that we have made to people, uh, and indeed we made this argument to the D.C. Circuit as well, but it rejected it, is that if requiring General Electric or General Motors to speak through a PAC or political committee is too burdensome, then surely it is too burdensome for David Keating and five of his friends to pool their funds and be required to speak through a PAC as well. So we think that this is covered clearly under the the decision, Citizens United, in which the court said expressly PACs are burdensome, uh, very burdensome on speech. And just to clarify briefly the, the thrust of speech now, it is the idea that Uh, one should not be forced to choose between First Amendment rights, that is, freedom of association, and the freedom to speak freely. We should be able to do that in groups however we want to arrange ourselves. Yeah, that's exactly right. The First Amendment protects not only your right to speak alone, but to join with others and speak as a group. I think one of the ways to think about this principle is that you're not simply entitled to speak, you're, you're entitled to speak effectively. And let's face it, you join with others, you are able to amplify your voice and convey it, sometimes on a nationwide scale. I mean, that's what a broadcasting company is, let's say, or a newspaper, or really any of the other ways in which individuals choose to speak. Very rarely do they, as Justice John Roberts put it in his concurrence in Citizens United, choose simply to speak from a soapbox or or, uh, become a lonely pamphleteer. They organize with others. That's what Speech Now wants to do. Uh, a good way to put this is George Soros can spend as much money as he wants advocating the election or defeat of a candidate. He can spend millions of dollars on that. But prior to our victory in the D.C. Circuit, if he joined with one other person, he'd be limited to $5,000. That makes absolutely no sense. What we want to do now is carry that to its ultimate conclusion and say, in essence, joining as a group is not a threat to the nation. It's not a threat to democracy, so to speak. It doesn't create any concerns about corruption, so they should be able to speak as burden-free as possible. Uh, some left-wingers had some pretty pointed uh, criticism of the court in uh, for the way it ruled in uh, Citizens United. Uh, what does speech now do for those kinds of people who are 
you know, perhaps very interested in having small, dedicated groups of people speaking effectively to influence opinion. Well, I mean, the uh, the speech now is, and, and the D.C. Circuit's decision uh, logically follows from Citizens United in the sense that one of the things that the court in Citizens United recognized and, and, and did so quite rightly what, was that a corporation really... If you, if you break it down to its essence, it's a voluntary association of people, and all voluntary associations of people should be protected in their speech. Now, a lot of folks on the left think that there's some magic aspect of a corporation that makes it nefarious and evil. Uh, oftentimes, it just comes down to size. You know, big is bad, small is, is better. Now, if that's really the case, they should love speech now. Unfortunately, for years, uh, pretty much anybody who supports campaign finance laws has really gone after anybody who can spend more money on speech than they believe a, an average person should be able to do. They're, they're really after this kind of idea of a quality of re- results uh, or a quality of condition in your ability to affect the outcome of elections or just agitate for your position, which is contrary to the First Amendment. So uh, those who would criticize Citizens United because it supported corporations or corporate speech um, my my response would be, well, then you you got to love speech now. It's not a corporation. It's just a group of people who want to get together and spend a lot of money. So uh, I think it remains to be seen what their views are, but the early results are that uh, it turns out they don't care as much about corporate speech as they do just about effective speech. The Disclose Act is a response, essentially, to the Citizens United decision. Uh, John Samples describes it as an end run. Um what have you seen in that that you think can withhold uh, constitutional scrutiny? Well, that's a very good question. I actually think the entire Disclose Act, Disclose Act if it passes uh, as it has been drafted, is subject to, to challenge. I mean, what it ultimately tries to do is, as John Samples rightly put it, it's an end run around CU. And, uh, and those who support it in Congress have not been coy about that at all. They've actually said we need to fix what... Citizens United did wrong. So it still singles out corporations, and now even more blatantly than, than before, in the sense that, uh, that Citizens United was about not only corporate speech, but union speech as well. Unions were, in effect, treated the same as corporations. Well, the Disclose Act now just carves out corporations for special treatment and imposes new disclosure requirements on them. It requires CEOs to uh, to effectively stand up and, and appear in ads and say, I, I, you know, I support this ad and, and put their name on the ad, which I guess in theory is not uh, the end, exactly the end of the world. But when you consider that, corp, that, that uh, independent ads that are run during political elections are very, very short, and if you really do the math now, it's something like 15 seconds of a maybe a 30-second ad that is taken up with all kinds of crappy disclaimers that tell the viewer nothing that the speaker wants to wants to know. So it's very burdensome. Uh, it's completely unnecessary. Just in the last couple of days, we heard that the NRA went up to the Capitol Hill and scored its own exemption from from the Disclose Act so that the, uh, the law will no longer apply to, to groups defined in effect as the NRA. Uh, which that is, further that is groups with more than a million members that have been around for more than ten years and spend uh, the bulk of their money doing this or that. Yeah, exactly. And and it turns out that that really only applies to the NRA, and everybody knows why that it got uh, it got passed. I mean that that provides all sorts of cover to Democrats who want to vote for this but don't want to get slammed by the NRA in southern states and some other places where the NRA has a whole lot of lobbying and, and uh, might. Um, 
so I mean, but yet again, all this really means is that that uh, and, and it illustrates one of the cardinal problems with campaign finance laws, which is they will invariably make distinctions based on the identity of the speaker, the message of the speaker, uh, and all of those points were noted in Citizens United as reasons to strike down the law. So I think for all of those reasons, this uh, this Close Act, if it passes, will be will be subject to serious constitutional challenge. Steve Simpson is a senior attorney at the Institute for Justice. You can find out more about speechnow.org at speechnow.org. You can learn more about the First Amendment and political speech at cato.org.